take a walk, ride, stroll, or just listen as you take hold and engage because you are now entering the Cerebral Podcast. Wordplay of the day. What punctuation helps with reasonable accommodation? Answer. A comma helps with reasonable accommodation because the pause can help with reasonable time for more reasonable consideration. Thought of the day comes from Roman Emperor Marcus Aurelius. He was Roman Emperor from 161 AD to 180 AD. He was also a philosopher who believed in Stoicism. Stoicism is a philosophy of personal ethics and logic that happiness exists by understanding the world in the present moment. It is not controlled by desire for pleasure or fear of pain. Roman Emperor Marcus Aurelius said, Nothing has such power to broaden my mind as the ability to investigate systematically and truly all that comes under thy observation in life. Hello friends and welcome back to The Cerebral Podcast. For new listeners, The Cerebral Podcast is me talking about my crutches as disability devices and literary devices. I also offer personal advice to help parents, kids, and anyone else who wants to learn about my interpretation of disability engagement. I was born with cerebral palsy. It is a movement disorder that moderately impacted my balance and coordination. I grew up in competitive schools where it was mainstreamed in the 1970s and 1980s. I was the only kid with a long-term physical disability in school. I was sometimes forced or coerced into difficult situations because of limited options and understandings. As a result, I often used my cerebral against the palsy like an oxymoron. In other words, I used my brain to work through many of my physical, environmental, and even existential challenges. Reasonable accommodation and the ADA didn't become law until 1990, or broadly accessible to me until I was at Marist College in New York in 1991. Reasonable accommodation is an adjustment made to accommodate or make fair the same system for an individual based on a proven need. As a result, I often used enriched environment examples to increase my own social-emotional learning. I want to pass on my knowledge and experience to help the next generation of 
parents and kids. This is episode 67. Thank you for joining me today. Preface. For the month of August, I am talking about social-emotional learning and the college transition. Today, I am talking about reasonable accommodation. In some ways, college became easier for me because of the physical and college support systems. In this week's Rite of Past Experiences or Rope, I am talking about my college transition to Marist College. Be sure to listen for one or two things that you can take away from this episode. Now, let's both take hold and engage. According to the Collaborative for Academic and Social-Emotional Learning, the CASEL framework fosters knowledge, skills, and attitudes across five key areas. These five key areas advance student learning and development. These areas are number one, self-awareness, number two, self-management, number three, social awareness, number four, relationship skills, and number five, responsible decision-making. According to Castle, self-awareness is the ability to understand one's own emotions, thoughts, and values, and how they influence behavior across different areas. This includes capacities to recognize one's own strengths and limitations with a grounded sense of confidence and purpose. A growth mindset involves optimism in five key areas, but a growth mindset does involve risk and effort. Number one, all feedback can be used in a positive way. Number two, failure has the potential to identify and correct mistakes. Number three, learning and development is important for growth. Number four, vulnerability and trying new things is important for progress. And number five, change has the potential to improve processes and systems. This does not minimize the need for help and cooperation. Social emotional learning helps to provide openness and strategies to build on a growth mindset. In this week's Rite of Past Experiences or Rope, I am talking about my college transition to Marist College in 1991. One of the reasons why I chose Marist College was because of its small size. In 1991, it had under 4,000 total students in the Hudson River Valley of New York. The campus is on the banks of the Hudson River. The Vanderbilt Mansion and the Franklin Delano Roosevelt Library are two nearby historical attractions. 
the Marist campus in Poughkeepsie, New York, was about 75 minutes away from my parents' home. We lived in Rockland County, New York. I had applied in high school to Seton Hall University in South Orange, New Jersey, and St. Thomas Aquinas College in Rockland County. Marist College staff and support services were the only college to talk to me about my disability and support needs. The Marist College Office of Special Services staff talked to me about note takers, scribes, and other ways to help with writing during tests and using additional time to complete exams. These options were a whole new world to me because I didn't have a well-orchestrated or organized support system in grammar school or high school. Even having access to elevators instead of stairs was new to me. The reasonable accommodations made it more fair and easier for me to find a whole new groove. According to the current Marist College website, the mission of the Office of Accommodations and Accessibility is to support students with documented disabilities to become empowered independent learners by providing appropriate accommodations and services necessary to access educational opportunities at Marist College. Appropriate instead of reasonable accommodation likely comes from the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act and the fair and appropriate public education provisions. Because of my lack of exposure to reasonable accommodation prior to college, I didn't necessarily know what to ask for and I was sometimes surprised when staff or students offered to help. There were also other people with walkers, crutches and wheelchairs and other assistive devices. There was comfort in just knowing that I wasn't the only person with a disability. Just seeing other people with disabilities and being able to get advice from upperclassmen with disabilities helped me increase my self-awareness and self-management skills. It helped me to make the experience and environment easier, but it wasn't necessarily easy. I still needed to articulate what I needed and I needed to find the right resources and people. I no longer had to walk up flights of stairs unless I chose to. Because of the support services and the office that was on campus, asking for alternative testing and note takers were easier to negotiate with most of my professors. There were some professors, however, that made the case that me being included in the class and taking it with other people was essential to the classroom environment and experience. Time and other real-world pressures were part of my accounting and public speaking classes, for example. Although I did once raise a crutch publicly to speak about the crutch perception as a weakness as opposed to a mobility device. 
I once raised my crutch in defiance of that feeble perception, and my classmates and teachers had a more reasonable understanding of how I used my crutches to navigate the world. Were there one or two things that you heard in this episode that you could lean into? Thank you for allowing me to be a voice inside your head. Please share this podcast with someone you know. Were there one or two specific things that you learned or liked? Would you mind joining and sharing it on the Cerebral Podcast Facebook group? You can listen to the show on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you to the listeners who support the show on the Cerebral Podcast Facebook group. I invite you to join the group. You can also email the show at thecerebralpodcast at gmail.com or send questions, comments, or ideas for the show. And remember, it takes effort to be vulnerable, be accountable, and be respectful in the way you treat others and yourself. You can be the biggest variable in your life when you take ownership. Now, take hold, engage in your world. You are now leaving the Cerebral Podcast. I never give up.